Well, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, it really, it's the holiday season. Uh, uh, our market-driven economy is pushing Christmas already on us, and so several of you probably already have your Christmas tree up. I know there are those we don't, but but uh, it's because we haven't figured out where to put it yet because uh, we got the plants in the house because it got cold. And uh, uh, but you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know why the commercials are all about Christmas now, because you can spend a whole lot more money on toys than you can on turkeys. So, uh, <laughs> But it's still the time for pumpkin pie and, and green bean casserole and turkey and dressing and all that sort of stuff. And You probably have a plan made now for the next few days to uh, have time with family, with friends. Uh, but... Really, you think about it, November is the season of Thanksgiving. We just expressed our thanks to uh, veterans last week, uh, Facebook users. Uh, not as much this year as last year. It seemed like every one of my friends were listing every day in November a thing for which they were thankful. Only about four or five are doing that this year, I guess. Uh, they're may, Are they as thank, not as thankful? I, I don't know. Uh, have you ever noticed that some people are more appreciative than others? Some people just don't seem to ever really give thanks. Uh, what makes the difference? Why are some people always giving thanks and other people don't? Uh, uh, sometimes it seems like those who have the least are most appreciative. And those who have the most are less appreciative. Uh, I, I don't know if, if that's the case uh, or not, uh, mathematically, if they've done a figure or do, done the statistics to see exactly how that is. I think sometimes the have-nots, instead of being thankful, are resentful that they don't have. Uh, and sometimes the haves are very appreciative because they see all that's in their barns, all that's in their house, and, and they have an attitude of, uh, of gratitude and sharing. And they're always giving to others. Well, it may be true that that the have-nots on average are a little more appreciative than the haves are. I'm not sure. Uh, but being thankful is, well, I guess it's a learned characteristic. We are not that way naturally. We have to learn to be thankful. Uh it's natural for us to be selfish and to think that the world owes us. Uh, and I guess we come by that fairly naturally uh, because as a baby, you know, you're born, you can't do anything, and you're dependent upon everybody to give you everything. And so if you cry, somebody will stick a bottle in your mouth or they'll check and see if your diaper's wet. Now, they may not change the diaper quite happily, but, you know, they prefer that than uh, hearing you cry all the time. Uh so we get everything we need, everything that we want, it's supplied to us. We get accustomed to having our every whim satisfied. As we grow older, the parents may not be quite so willing to give us everything we want, but grandparents are. And so that continues. We get everything we want. Uh, we, uh, we learn to expect, and somebody will give it to us. We don't have to... Uh, ask very hard, especially around the grandparents. We uh, so we grow up selfishly because 
Every desire has been granted. And especially in our world, which is fairly uh, affluent, and we can afford almost anything we want, and so we get it. Our market-driven economy generates greed. You know, we are told hundreds of times every day that our life's going to be better if you have this product. And so we have the money, we go and buy it. Uh, we told that, we're told that we'll have real happiness if our hair doesn't have the gray in it and so we dye our hair. Or if, if we have this new phone instead of the old one that we bought last year. Uh, or, uh, you know, we'll really enjoy life with this brand of beer. Or we'll impress everybody if we drive this car. Uh, we can live forever if we'll just take this medicine. <laughs> and uh, we fill our barns, and then we big bigger barns, and then we rent a storage unit uh, to, to keep all of the things that we have. Never is enough. Uh, and we cannot really appreciate what we've got because we're always looking for something else, something that's been advertised or something that our neighbor has. And we've become an entitled society uh, and an unappreciating society. Spoiled children grow up to be spoiled adults and the politicians are giving them whatever they want to win their votes. And a large part of us have developed an entitled attitude. The world owes us everything and we get angry if we don't get what we want. Uh, truth is, we are entitled to very little. The world doesn't owe us very much at all. We've got to earn everything that we've got. And if we're not willing to earn it, we probably shouldn't have it. Satan will certainly not give us anything without something. Now, he'll make us think he's giving us lots of stuff, but he has some very hard-to-break strings attached to everything. And he'll call those in. He'll pull us by those strings attached to all of the the minutiae that we've collected in our barns. Our God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. But we mess up the gift channel when we start expecting, when we start uh, demanding. We mess all of that up. The entitled never feels grateful for what the entitled thinks is deserved, but instead often feels resentful when he doesn't get what he wants. We need an attitude of gratitude. You see, God is the giver of everything that's good. Uh, I think part of our human problem, however, is being faithful to God because of our tendency to forget that everything that's good comes from God. God's the creator of everything. Everything that's in this world that is good and everything that was created is good is from God. Nothing exists that didn't come from God. Uh, uh, Gen- or, uh, John chapter 1 verse 1 talks about Jesus being in the beginning and 
And everything that is here is because of his creative power. Life is completely dependent upon God. Even the maintenance of life is dependent upon him. We are here today, this world is held together today because of God being here. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Jesus is the glue that holds our world together the world that he has created. Were it not for our God, we wouldn't survive. And every good gift, every good thing that we enjoy comes from God the Father. James chapter 1, verse 16, 17, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change would not have anything were it not for our God in heaven, were it not for our Heavenly Father. And every parent feels much better when they see gratitude in the heart of the one who has received gifts. Every parent, for that matter every person, is disappointed when gratitude is not expressed. That's an important part of the story that we find in the Gospels. Jesus is uh, met by ten lepers. Uh, He's walking between Samaria and Galilee and ten uh, who are diseased with leprosy uh, come. Uh, Leprosy was a feared disease at that time. One of the most, if not the most feared disease because there was no cure for it. Those who had leprosy were walking dead They were going to die, and everyone avoided them because you didn't know if you would catch leprosy from them. In fact, the law even required that they be separated from society, living by themselves. They had to announce, if you, uh, uh, if they were on the road and one came walking by, they had to announce, leprosy, leprosy, so that everyone could stay away. If they were cured, which wasn't very often because there wasn't a cure then from medicine, from, from from science. Cures were only as a miracle from God. And so if they were cured, they had to go to a priest and the priest had to give them a letter or certificate saying that they had been clean, cleared, uh, cleared from the leprosy. So Jesus encounters ten lepers on the road. They call out leprosy, leprosy, leprosy. But they also cry out, and they must have heard who Jesus is, the power that he has from God. And if God, in, through a miracle, is the only way that they could be cured, they've heard of Jesus. Jesus, have mercy on us. Heal us. So with the fame of Jesus, Jesus tells them, go to the priest and show yourself. Get your certificate of being cleansed. Something that I thought of this time. They heard his voice and with expectation of receiving that gift, they began their trip to the priest. All ten of them. But maybe they weren't all as completely confident as uh, as perhaps one was. Because all the way to the priest, they say, We're clean. We've been cured. 
One goes back to see Jesus and to express thanksgiving to him for the miracle he has received. Luke 17, verse 17. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He said to him, Rise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. There might have been all kinds of excuses that the nine would have given. They could have said, Well, we still got to go to the priest. Uh, because, well, he told us to, and that's where we get our certificate saying that we're cleansed. Or maybe in their joy, they uh, they didn't go to the priest. They started running home. i got to see my wife. i got to see my kids. But you can almost hear the disappointment in the voice of Jesus. He wanted to hear, thank you. He wanted appreciation. When we don't give thanks, we disappoint our God. In fact, giving thanks is a commandment of God. It's not really an option for us, or not if we're going to stay faithful to God. Christians are told again and again to give thanks to God. We are told to give thanks in every circumstance. Regardless of how bad we think we have, look for the silver lining. Look for what God is really giving to you to make your life better. Not the pain, not the, not the problem. Give thanks for the blessings. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 17, 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So in every place and every time, even though we are having trouble in this, I still thank God for the blessings I do have. I thank God that uh, that He has been with me to help me endure the problems. Even though some of the rough and hard things, there can be some good in those. Lessons learned, strength gained. So we give thanks. We give thanks in every place, in all circumstances, and look for the silver lining. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Always, again I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, (coughs) by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Give thanks. Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks because when we do not give thanks, it is the beginning of unfaithfulness. It is the beginning of falling away from God. When we fail to appreciate God, we begin to lose devotion and faith and faithfulness to God. When I don't appreciate God, I'm less likely to do what God wants me to do. I'm less likely to want to praise Him. I'm less likely to encourage others to praise Him. When I don't appreciate God, I began a journey of unfaithfulness. 
When Paul is writing to the Romans, see, the first part of that book is to show how we all need salvation, how we've all fallen away and fallen short of the glory of God. And one of the things that he says is the beginning of humankind's unfaithfulness to God is our lack of gratitude. When we did not appreciate what God had done for us, that's when we began to fall into sin. Romans chapter 1 verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. When I quit giving God thanks, I began to ignore His will. I began to disobey rather than seek to please Him. When I do not see my life... uh, It's part of God. When I don't see the blessings that I've received as coming from God, I don't have a reason to obey. I don't have an incentive to try to please Him. If He's not doing anything for me, I'm not going to work for Him. When I do not appreciate God, I become an ungrateful child and a disobedient child. The appreciative child is going to want to please his father. The appreciative child is going to want to do what the parent says to do. Uh, And that will lead the appreciative child into obedience, into faithfulness. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning verse 17, Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Think about God. Appreciate Him. Understand His will. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give praise to God. Rejoice in the presence of God. Praise Him in song, thanking Him for what He's given to us. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7, Therefore, as you receive Christ, or Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Faithfulness and thanksgiving are so intertwined. If we're not thankful, we probably won't be faithful. In fact, we won't. So what do we have to be thankful for? Well, every good gift comes from Father, Father in heaven, everything. Uh, we've already read James chapter 1, verse 17, all good and perfect gifts from Him. Uh, and we can make a long list. In fact, we probably have made some lists this week or we're going to this next week. Uh, the physical blessings, the national freedoms, the family heritages we have, those are all th- things for which we can be thankful. Uh, our physical abilities, most of us, Walked into the building today. Give thanks to God. Most of us came in cars. Give thanks to God. Most of us took a shower this morning or last night and the water was hot. Give thanks to God. Uh, we all, those of us who wanted, had breakfast this morning and we all could have. Give thanks to God. (laughs) We're all going to eat lunch today. 
probably most of us in a restaurant where somebody else has done the cooking, (laughs) give thanks to God. Loanne and I frequently say we are so blessed. We don't have any real problems. In fact, we define problems. If a little money will fix it, it's not a problem. Give thanks to God. Thank God for salvation. I'm not lost. We're not lost. We are a saved people. Give thanks to God for the salvation we have in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. We can call it by a number of different names and each one of those represent a different aspect of that, a facet of that. Grace, a mercy, a salvation, forgiveness. We are saved because God has given us hope. God has given us salvation. God has freed us from the debt of sin that we have. Jesus came and died for us. Give thanks to God. Jesus bore the weight of our sin on His back and on the cross. Give thanks to God. For God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him might not perish but have everlasting life. Give thanks to God. And of the say, He has made the church, this body that we are, give thanks to God. We're called together in a group that serves one another, that encourages one another, that represents Him as His body in the world. Give thanks to God. Colossians 3, verse 15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. Be thankful. Give thanks to God for this body of His that He has given us. From from us He has made this body. It is the church that gives us a support system. Give thanks to God. It is in His church that we can encourage one another. Give thanks to God. It is in His church that we teach one another to serve the Lord, that we are united together to serve the Lord. Give thanks to God. In fact, give thanks for the talents and the abilities that He's given to us with which we can serve one another in our community. It is His church where we work together to proclaim His name using His gifts so that we can reach out in His name. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. For each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, let uh, as one who speaks the oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So give thanks to God for all that He's given to us. For the gifts, the strengths, the abilities, the opportunities. Not just on the fourth Thursday of every November, but every day. 
of every month, of every year, give thanks to God. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Give thanks to God. But sometimes... (laughs) We don't like the gifts that are out there. Sometimes we look around and we say, well, I don't like this. I don't like where I am. I don't like who I'm with. I don't like this gift. I, yeah, yeah, the package was pretty, but I don't like it. There are times when gifts are not appreciated. Generally, it's because, well, that gift means that I've got to do something with it. And I don't want to do anything with that. I don't want to meet the expectations. I don't want to show the appreciation. So I just assume, leave it there, and I'll go my way. And there are times when we refuse gifts because we don't want it. We don't want to meet the expectations. We don't want to take the responsibilities that come with the gift. That happens. If I take this, then that means I've got to do that, and I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to take this. Just a few years ago, one of the first HGTV giveaway houses that they do all the time, you sign up for those, we do. <laughs> Remember, one of the first ones, if not the first one, was on Lake Palestine and Tyler, and the guy got the gift, and the year later, he hadn't been able to pay the taxes yet, so he had to sell the house. He couldn't meet the expectations of the gift. Jesus said, count the cost. You want my blessings? Count the cost. Are you willing to pay the price? Count the cost. Gift is really free, but there, count the cost. Is this really what you want? I think in our world today, in our nation today, even in our community today, we're seeing more and more people that decided they don't want the gift of salvation from Jesus. They don't want the fellowship of friends. It's tragic. They don't see the cost is worth it. They've been deceived by Satan, thinking that they can get from Satan things that are just as good. Oh, that's so unfortunate that they believed his lies. That they been hardened at heart and they don't want the gift of God's grace, of salvation, of the hope of heaven. They're not willing to pay the price. Maybe it's because of greed or selfishness or entitlement, whatever it is, but we don't want to pay the price. We're not willing to pay the price. One, we are unwilling to give Him us. You see, that's even though salvation is free, when He gives us His salvation, He wants us. We don't want to pay us. That's We understand that. When you give a gift to your kids or grandkids at Christmas, 
And they look at it and they say, oh, and their face lights up and they're so pretty. And they run over and give you a hug. They've given you themselves. And that's payment more than is needed for the gift. Even though the gift was a free thing, that's what you want. You want their heart. That's what God wants. He wants us. Luke 9, he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? It doesn't matter if we filled up our barn and built built a bigger barn and then rented a storage unit. What does it gain? We gain the whole world and forfeit our soul. Take God's gift of salvation. There's some here today that as of yet have not been buried with Jesus in baptism for the remission of their sins. They've not received the gift of salvation yet. Be baptized today for the remission of your sins. Be a, a, a receive the gift of eternal life. We all need it. Everyone. Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We all need this gift. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We all need this gift. Appreciate the gift. Appreciate the giver. Give him your heart. Let's, let's be standing. We're going to sing a, a song. Perhaps you're here and you've been baptized into Christ, but you're struggling with gratitude. You're struggling with a problem. We'll pray with you. There'll be some in the foyer ready to pray with you, some of us here at the front. But if you've never received God's gift of salvation, the water's ready, should be warm, there's clothes here and towels, you can be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins today. We're going to sing us another song of praise to God. We encourage you to come while we praise God in song.